Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. I'm hoping that my husband is, uh, when this broadcast airs, he's not limping around anymore. Because the only thing worse than being an injured runner, Sarah, yes. is being married to an injured runner. No, so what happened to Dear Grant? <laughs> well, Dear Grant, um, he just got, uh, he got a, his training program got a little aggressive and he didn't tell his coach, which happens to be Brianna, the woman who's coaching me. Mm -hmm. Um, and because he really, so his backstory is that he really wants to qualify for Boston, right? Mm -hmm. Requalify because he has qualified. So last year at the Colorado marathon, he ran three twenty four and changed. And so that was after the Boston bombing. So Mm -hmm. you kind of knew that this was going to be a big year anyway. And then they let in everybody who didn't cross the finish line, which is absolutely understandable Mm -hmm. and, or gave them the opportunity to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he didn't get in. I can't remember what his, you know, I think that they let people up. Yeah, it was like, well, his age cut. I mean, he did make his age cut. Oh, I know, no, I know, but 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 within but, his age group, maybe they let in up to people who would run faster, yeah. three fifteen or yeah. three eighteen or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like three twenty two or twenty three. I mean, it wasn't oh. that far away, mm. but it was enough, you know. That um, so he really wants Boston, or he thought he did, and so Bree um was coaching him to run a three fifteen, which is really blazing fast mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> uh, especially because he's kind of my size i mean he's a you know he's a 175 pound guy you know i mean he's not um you know heavy by any means but he's not small either mm. and um and, and so he uh he everything was going super well because and, and tell them what he, his half marathon time was well that's the thing so so he was supposed to run a half marathon on a Sunday morning here in Denver and we woke up and it was like windy and it was nine degrees with like a wind chill of maybe one or negative one. And of course I would have just gone and done it. <laughs> so I would have been like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I signed up. But Grant was like, no, I don't run well in those conditions. I mean, he's from Los Angeles originally. Like I am not, I'm not going to go do this. So, so that was Sunday and, and weather changes in Colorado so quickly. So Monday was a beautiful day. He went out that morning on his own. So not in a race ran a 133 which again you had is, not told me that that it was yeah. i knew that he i didn't realize that he just went out on monday that that's amazing so so he's clearly on track to to run his fastest marathon ever um but like i said he had a pretty like i can't remember what the workouts were in succession but by the third one um he his leg was just one calf so we don't think it's shin splints um, but he, like you, <laughs> is one of those runners who's been super blessed and just never gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so it's it's two things, you know, it's him, you know, processing the fact that, you know, all this work, it's not for naught because all the work is never for naught, mm-hmm. but, you know, not being able to maybe hit the 
hit the goal rate at the goal time. Mm-hmm. Um, because then also when, just, sorry, I'm sorry, when is his? His race is May 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the Colorado Marathon again, and it's a beautiful, beautiful marathon up in Fort Collins. Um, and that's where he qualified the first time and, and obviously likes the course a lot. Um, so so there are a couple options. I mean, we're definitely, we're, God, I sound like he's my child. And even <laughs> then I shouldn't speak like that because they're individual people. He is um, he's definitely trying to, you know, take it, take as much care of himself as he can. So, yeah, so he doesn't have to run a marathon then, but, um, I know that, um, I want Bree to have time to coach me because she's going <laughs> to be my coach as well as your coach. Uh, sh- Bree is going to be coaching me hopefully to requalify for Boston. Um, when I run the Victoria marathon on October 12th up in British Columbia. Yeah. And so I got to say like this whole experience has kind of taught me, um, I mean, he, he came on, he wanted, um, Brie, Brianna Bamer, who, um, is, is awesome. And, and, you know, obviously did me right for Iron Mother. Um, you know, he saw what, she, he saw what she did with me mm-hmm. and, and what got she helped you achieve, what, mm-hmm. what she helped me achieve, but she also, she absolutely gave me every route direction, every mile to do. I mean, I did it, but you know, I couldn't have done it without her easily could not have done it without her um, because she was just so um, sensitive to my needs and my body mm-hmm. and my timing and all that. So, I, I mean, I'm sure there are other coaches that have got, could have done what she did, but she just did it masterfully, I think. So anyway, so he sees that and, and he wants that, but my goal was to finish, was to finish Ironman. I mean, that was my goal. I wanted to finish strong and I wanted to finish happy, but I didn't have a whole bunch of time goals like Boston, which is a very specific, mm-hmm. challenging time goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and one might say particularly for men. Um, particularly for men. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I realize men have testosterone and can, um, you know, in many situations run faster than women just naturally, but um, I, I, I think it's a general agreement among most people that the men's time are more stringent than the women's yes. time. So, I, I, I would, I yeah. can get behind that too. Yeah. Um, yes. But I think, and this is the first time that he's had a coach too, which, so, I mean, the thing about why I'm so um, adamant that Brie got me there is because her workouts are hard. I mean, they, and they were hard for me even just wanting to finish Ironman. Mm-hmm. And so um, so the idea of drawing it out, like, I'm like, Oh, you can go run twin cities in October. Wouldn't that be great? And I think the idea of I doing mean, all that training train yeah. that hard, you know, for until the duration, I mean, he would build up again mm-hmm. before the marathon, but I mean, Grant isn't a slacker. I mean, he, you know, he got himself to qualify for Boston on his own, you know, mm-hmm. using the run less run faster program. So it's not like he's, um, you know, a stranger to hard runs. It's just that, you know, I mean, she, you know, she eventually fessed up that she's trying to get him to run a 315 because if, if you're trained to run a 315 and you have a bad day and you end up running, say, a 321, that'll still probably get him into Boston sure. where, you know, if she's training him to run a 320 and he has a bad day, you know, maybe he doesn't even get under 325, you know? Right, right. So, and you are feeling that um, you're interested to see what she does for me. It's not that I, I don't want to share. I mean, I think that she's so awesome. I wish that I could, you know, give her to every mother runner in the world. It's just that, you know, what what works for me works so well, and I want it to work for Grant. I mean, and I want it to work for you. And, you know, it is her stuff, you know, like run, strength train, run, you know, mm-hmm. or um, you know, for me, it's a lot of bike, run, bike, or, you know, and, and really with a pace focus. And 
um, I mean, it's not, it's not like, wow, crazy, you know, this is way out from left field, but it's also not just go run four miles, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a little bit different. And so I feel, I guess I feel protective of her, but I also want obviously Grant and you to succeed. So it's just, it's one of those situations where I was like, wow, can't this just work out? You know, can't he just go <laughs> run his race and, and do really well? But uh-huh. You know, yeah, so. yeah, but you know, yeah, but it may, it may, yeah, and also he, Grant needs to remind himself or be reminded that he's incredibly resilient and that he, remember, I mean, you've told the story on the podcast about, um, that you had it was a death. It was it your uncle who died? Who um and the funeral yeah. was going to be on the day that he had qual, you know, was uh, sorry, going to run a marathon, and that instead, you know, and then and then he did a whole other build up, right? Maybe I'm mixing yeah, two stories. No, yeah, he he was supposed to run um, a marathon, but yes, he, he had a, it was my grandmother who died, and he had to be in Minneapolis, and that was when Dean Carnazis was on his 50 50 mm-hmm. tour, 50 marathons, 50 states, 50 days, mm-hmm. and he happened to be in Minneapolis that Sunday, so Grant went and ran with him. So um, he's definitely, he can make the best out of a bad situation. And I mean, this is funny just because I was laughing with somebody. Who was I laughing with? I can't remember about it, but, you know, cause, um, we talked about, I'm like, well, Ben, you know, how bad's your pain, Grant? What's going on? You know, from a one to 10, how bad is he's like, oh, easily a seven. And he's like, but I'm going out for three miles, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's a seven, you are not going out for three miles, Mr. Drama, you know? So it's a little bit of like, he's got this little bit of a drama queen in him and being injured for the first time and, and wanting it so badly, of course. So sure. Yeah. Oh well, we all we all wish Grant speedy healing and hope that he can toe the line on May fourth. So yeah, me too. Yeah. Gosh, do I ever? <laughs> like you said, nothing like being injured except for being married to someone who's injured. <laughs> oh my goodness. So well, speaking of coaches, we have a coach on as our guest today. We have Carl Levers, who is a U.S. Track and Field certified running coach in Atlanta, Georgia, and he is also a coach at Emory University. Yep. Yep. The assistant coach, I believe. Yeah. And so, and um, his website, um, before we forget, it's runningcoachcarl.com and Carl is with a C. And we want to bring Carl on so that he can talk about track workouts. And um, his Twitter handle, just so you have it, because we're going to talk about tweeting to him after you do this great 15 by 400 workout. <laughs> anyway, if you want to if you want to get in touch with him, you can get him through his website or his Twitter handle, which is at Run Coach Carl. Again, that's with a C. So thanks for joining us, Carl. We are pleased to have you here to demystify the track for us and our listeners. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Good, good. So so running track and track workouts can seem pretty intimidating uh, to many levels of runners, but especially newer runners. So what, sure. can you, what can you say that will lay those fears and make a track seem more approachable for other runners? Well, I think, um, you know, it's important to remember that uh, that the tracks are, are really open to everybody, and it's not just... Um, you know, it's not just elite runners or it's not just collegiate runners that are out there on the track. And, um, you know, nobody is uh, is going to give you a second thought or, uh, you know, judge you if, if you're doing your workout slower than uh, than what they're doing. There's there's no real, you know, 
speed threshold that you need to be hitting to be allowed to work out on the track. There's, there's no entry, you know, entry no no, entry required. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be able to run a seven minute mile. We don't want exactly. to. You have to be exactly. faster there's than no this line. Yeah. 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 Well, but so, I mean, but the thing about it is the track for me, I had such, I have such bad memories of the presidential physical fitness test back in, you know, like sixth and seventh grade where, I mean, it just, I just remember it so viscerally and how much like just the way that the the track felt under my feet and how long it felt. And I mean, a lot of mother runners, you know, run kind of for enjoyment now and they want to, you know, not maybe revisit their nightmares. um, I mean, how do you, you, have you ever talked like a, a, one of your athletes down from that ledge or, (laughs) or is that, is that too, uh, too much of a specific situation. Well, I don't know about the presidential fitness test necessarily, but but certainly, you know, uh, people that maybe ran cross country or track in high school or something like that, you know, it's almost always your hardest workout of the week is the one you're doing on the track. So it's the one that hurts the most. And so, you know, I think there are some bad connotations and, and some negative thoughts maybe that, um, that people have towards the track, but you know, it's uh, if if you're looking to to improve your race times, you know, you're going to have to have a little bit of pain in the workouts and then, um, you know, it'll make the races a little bit more tolerable. Mm, that's oh, I like that. I like this. So a little bit of weekly pain then makes the end goal a little less painful. I like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So in addition to that, do a cell job for track workouts. So what benefits can a runner get from a track that's hard to attain on the road or trail? probably the the biggest um, benefit of the track is that it's a known distance (laughs) you can check your splits very easily Um, you know particularly you know a lot of people think of the track just for for faster stuff I really like the track for for tempo runs because you can get into that nice rhythm Mm -hmm. Um, you know you don't have any hills you don't have to stop at any stoplights you know and you can really um, you know teach your body what that pace is supposed to feel like um, and really keep a good consistent effort that is uh it's a, you know it's harder to do on the the roads and on the trail um you know when you're when you're trying to run real fast it's uh it's also good um but i like it for that long sustained efforts as well well so so this is going to be the question that's going through everybody's every mother runner's mind yeah how do you mentally do that do you allow yourself to listen to music or are you such a sure. you know a focused in runner that you you can handle you know four miles of tempo on a on a track no, I mean, if uh, if you're used to running with music, um, yeah, four miles on a track without music is, is probably going to be pretty brutal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's no problem with listening to music on the track. You know, the um, etiquette-wise, um, you'd, you'd want to be aware of other runners that are out there um, and, you know, just don't zone out completely so that, sure, if, you sure. know, if you're coming up on somebody or if somebody's, you know, trying to let you know that they're going to pass you, um, you know, you don't want to have your music up so loud you can't hear them. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, anything that helps alleviate the boredom is, is fine. So, well, oh, I was going to say, so then you, we, you touch on etiquette. So we know you're not yeah. miss, miss manners, but um, right. so can you please run us through some other track et- etiquette for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and it's important to remember that a lot of this track etiquette is really safety based, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you may have people out there that are, that are, you know, running real fast or even just doing all out sprint training or something like that. And, um, you know, so, so this stuff isn't, uh, it isn't like a code, you know, that, uh, that came along just to make things difficult for newcomers <laughs> to the track. It, it came along to, you know, let everybody do the workout on the track and stay safe. 
Um, the, you know, probably first and foremost, if you're warming up, if you're cooling down, if you're just doing an easy run, if you're not doing a, a harder workout, um, stay in the outside lanes. It's usually going to be eight lanes to a track, you know, stay in lane seven or eight for that. Um, and, uh, and let the, the people doing the workouts use the inside lanes. Um, now again, there's no speed requirement for using those inside lanes. So don't feel like just because you're doing a workout slower than somebody else that you can't go and run, you know, in lane mm-hmm. one. But, um, if you're just warming up, if you're just cooling down or if you're just running easy state of those, uh, state of those outside lanes. Um, and I guess I should mention too, that, uh, you want to be running counterclockwise, um, for whatever reason, that's, that's what they do mm-hmm. on a track. And, uh, um, is, so, is that pretty universal or is that very so track by track? No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't very track. Okay. In the track. southern hemisphere, it doesn't go the other way around. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I can't speak to that. Um, I think actually, now that you mention it, I do remember them saying that um, you know when uh, Peter Snell set the 800 meter world record in the 60s, um, that he was running clockwise, oh. and it was you know down in Australia or New Zealand or whatever. Oh, so they might. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's um, like the water in the toilet. Uh-huh. Exactly. Good exactly. I like. I like it. Um, and you may feel like the water in the toilet by the end of the. Yeah, right. <laughs> into the workout as well. I know that doesn't sell people on it, but um, so you know, so yeah, so you want to be turning left. You know, stay out of the inside lanes. And the other thing is, um, you know, when you're when you're coming up to pass people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good if you can let them know that you're going to pass. And I'm a big believer that the person passing goes to the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going faster, but they can, you know, you can see the person you're coming up on. You know, I feel like you should swing out to the outside and pass them uh, rather than expecting, you know, the person who's on the inside to move out of the way for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and some people are probably going to feel differently about that. Um, but I think that's the safest way to approach it. You know, the, the person you're passing can't see you <laughs> right. um, and, and can't see where you're headed. So if, if you just hold your line, I think that's the safest way to go. Um, you and- may hear people yell track. Oh. Um, and that means that they want you to move to the outside and get out of their way. Um, that is okay. That's total flashback for me because I yeah. was always the one getting trapped. That was the word. You, you never heard that word before. Sarah? I have not. I mean, no, no one oh, ever. That, no one ever context. yells at me like that. No one ever passes me. Oh, Dimity. you're Come fast on. enough. You're fast enough. Yeah. Yes, I remember, especially in the mile. Trap, trap, Dimity. I'm like, shut up. And, and, and the person yelling it knows what it means. The person who is getting yelled at usually doesn't, and so it's not a very helpful thing. But. Um, but yeah, if you hear track, you know, move to lane two and, and you should be fine. And yeah. One yeah, thing coming up from behind, you just say like the same thing in a race or in a trail coming up on right. your right, you know, yeah, like that's just a nice exactly. courtesy to do. Yep. I, yep. And then one other thing. So at our uh, bit of etiquette, maybe this is just my pet peeve, but it, so I uh, run at a high school track that just got refinished and it's, it's uh-huh. qu- quite nice. And so you know, the school wants to keep it nice for their athletes. So they have sure. a barrier, not a barrier, but they have some cones up and they, in the morning, at least I've never been there during the rest of the day, it says, mm-hmm. you know, please stay on, use track, use lanes, you know, five through eight. And mm-hmm. so, you know, my riding partner and I are like, okay, that we follow rules. We're going to be in, in lane yes. five. And then there's people who can, yep. who we assume can read and they're in one or two. Yeah. I'm like, come <laughs> on people. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I you know, in every crowd, huh? Yeah, exactly. And and some tracks you'll find, I mean, they do have, you know, just uh, very large barriers that they'll just put out, you know, oh. in, in lanes one through four. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and, and I think if they're the one foot in the bill to, to resurface it, they should be allowed to, you know, make the rules. But, um, you know, I think in most most cities you can find tracks that are that are open to the public, whether they're at a school or, you know, a community track or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what about if you happen to show up at the track when a practice is going on, like either a high school practice or mm-hmm. a, a college cr- practice? I mean, do you just assume you can't um, uh, use the track then or is it worth it to ask the coach or what, what would you do in that situation? Uh, it's probably worth it to ask the coach. Um, you know, I, at Emory, uh, we don't close the track when we have practice. Um, you know, we, we will ask people to stay to the outside lanes. Um, but we understand it's a popular time for everybody to work out, not just our kids. Um, And uh, so it's worth it to ask the coach, you know, but you obviously want to do it in a respectful way. And, um, you know, one of my pet peeves is when people don't realize that I'm in the middle of something and, you know, come up and start talking to me when I'm trying to, you know, time, time the guys or whatever. So, um, you know, I think generally, uh, coaches are are pretty willing to share, um, at least in the outside lanes, you know, um, but it's, uh, but it's definitely worth asking. I, I think most people would, would be okay with, uh, with having it, you know, at least partway open to people. Yeah. And how much, this is just a corollary, but how much, if you do, you know, four, so four laps makes a mile, right? Uh, in lane one. Yep. Well, in lane, lane, yeah, but when lane eight, how much more is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Every, every track is going to have a slightly different radius. Um, and every track. So, well, so first of all, this is a very minor point, but I feel like we should make it's uh, four laps is actually 1600 meters, which is just okay. short of a mile. Um, uh, you know, I don't know how a mile in, in track. I mean, that's what they call it, like in track and field. Or but you run the 1500, right? You run the 1500 outdoors and indoors. When you're running the mile, you run a full mile. You don't run a 1600. So, um, you know, that's some also tracks... logical. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So, so in, in some tracks, you'll see the start line for the mile and it's about 10 meters or so back from from the regular start line. Um but uh, but each of the lanes, they'll have a mark for where the start of the 400 and that. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel anytime. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. 
The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a story worth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted Storyworth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com AMR. Lane is. Oh, uh-huh. You know, so you'll be able to judge, you know, how much longer than a 400 it is based on that. You know, the distance between the finish line and, and the start line for that lane, if that makes sense. So you start at the at the ahead mark, if I'm in exactly. lane five, going back to lane five. And then, but I still finish at the, where the line goes all the way across eight lanes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, and as long as we're talking about you know, 400s and things like that, let's go back yeah. to basics and, and clue listeners in on the lingo of track workouts, like the six times okay. 400 or four times 800. Like that we, okay. when, when we wrote our first book, Run Like a Mother, we found that a lot of, that was just, you know, Swahili to a lot of women. They just sure. did not understand sure. it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, so six by four hundred. Uh, that's going to mean uh, that you're doing uh, six reps of four hundred meters. Okay, so six times four hundred meters. And four hundred um, four hundred meters being again one time around the track. One lap. Yep. Um, for the most part, I've actually run on a few tracks that are just wildly different, but <laughs> for the most part, 400 meters. Yeah. Um, and Let's go uh, bell curve here, Carl. Bell curve. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's 90 percent of tracks. I, yeah, I have. You have bad memories of the presidential fitness test. <laughs> I have bad memories of 368 meter tracks. So. Um, but yeah, so generally one lap, 400. Um you know, there, there'll be a mark, uh, almost every track's going to have a mark at the 200 meter, which would be halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can check your, your pace there. Um, and a lot of times you'll see a workout, you know, particularly if you're getting ready for a shorter race, that'll be like five times a thousand. So mm-hmm. that's two and a half laps. Um, so it's good to know where that, where that halfway mark is. Yeah. I always, uh, my, my running partner and I are always like, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Right. right. Um, it should be pretty obvious. Um, you know, uh, again, you'll see a set of staggered start lines, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one for each lane and they'll be getting progressively farther, um, as you go out Mm -hmm. and, uh, the start line that you see there in lane one, that's the the start line for the 200 meter dash. So, um, if, if you don't see a real big line, you'll see that, that line in lane one. And, and that's the halfway point. Oh, good to know. Nice. Yeah. Well, so in addition to being an assistant coach at Emory University yep. there in Atlanta, you also do coach a wide range of, um, you know, non-scholarship, non-fast athletes like Sarah yes. and myself. Uh, Sarah's <laughs> best, I'm not. Um, but, uh, but I'm just curious. So, so at what point do you have an athlete who's coming at you who maybe has never been on a track? At what point in, in her coaching do you feel like it's a good time to step on? Well, um, so if, if I can, uh, sort of go on a quick tangent with a story here. So when I first started coaching, um, non collegiate athletes, um, I had these, these two girls that were coaching, they were, um, probably mid twenties, you know, they had run a couple half marathons. They wanted to get faster. I was like, great. You know, we're going to meet 
once a week for a track workout, you know, so I show up and, oh man, yeah, this is going to be great. All right. So we're doing six, eight hundreds. I want this pace. I want, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like go, you know, they just look at me like, you know, complete deer in the headlights. They start running, you know, their pace is all over the place, you know? So, um, there was a very quick realization that, uh, you know, this is something that, that you probably do have to work up to a little bit, um, or don't have to, but, but I think a lot of people, you know, prefer to work up to it a little bit. Um, as far as when to start incorporating it, um, you know, it really depends on the person. I, I don't think you ever have to get on a track, um, you know, unless you're getting ready for a track race. Um, but I think for a lot of people, you know, there there is something uh, psychologically that, believe it or not, is appealing about getting on the track for, mm-hmm. for a faster workout. And um, again, you know, if, if you're starting to get real concerned about the pace that you're running, um, you know, that the accuracy of the track can be can be very beneficial. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think most of the most of the people that I coach uh, that aren't at Emory, you know, when they're doing a tempo run, for example, or they're doing, you know, repeats or whatever it is, I'll give them a fairly broad range of times to hit because I don't know if they're doing it on the road or if it's hilly or if it's, mm. you know, whatever. Um, but on the track, you can really get pretty specific about the uh, the paces and really lock in a lot more. Um so I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know that there's like a, a set point where, sure. you know, okay, once, you know, you've run this time and your goal is to PR by this much, you need to get on the track. Um, but it's, uh, the, I, I should say too, the other nice thing I think about it is, um, you can kind of use it as, as checkpoints. So even if you don't do very many track workouts, um, you know, getting on the track and, and using that accuracy of the track, every so often to, to do a checkpoint workout, um, just so you can see how your training is progressing, um, I think is, is beneficial. Yeah. I got to say that's come in handy a lot for me. And it's sometimes you'd think, I don't know, as, as a master's runner, sometimes I think, Oh, I don't want to go back to the track. I'll be disappointed. And I'm like, Woohoo, right. like I did that right. better than I thought I would. So absolutely. You know, yeah. And if you do most of your workouts out on the roads and it's hilly or whatever, you know, you're going to get to the track, you're going to fly. So, yeah. But I think there is like some kind of ceremony is probably like too big of a word, but, mm-hmm. but going to the track, I mean, it feels like you are going to do something special. It's not just, yes. I'm just lacing up and running from my house and turning on my music and hoping I Absolutely. have a good run. Like you're going with a plan, you're going with certain speeds in mind, you know, you're yep. kind of taking yourself a little bit more seriously. And I think that in and of itself is beneficial. Yes. Yes. And I think, um, you know, uh, a great word for it is ritual, you yeah. know, and, um, I, I know that, <laughs> You know, I'm, most of my workouts these days are not fast enough to uh, require the use of flats or spikes, um, but I find myself warming up in a different pair of trainers than the one I do the workout in, um, Ooh, sure. just to kind of keep that that same sort of ritual going, you know, where it's like, okay, we're at the track, we're running fast, I'm going to change shoes, even if it's just a different pair of the exact same shoes I warmed up in, um, you know, to kind of, yeah, mentally get set for, for what's ahead. We should tell people um, the majority of our listeners probably don't need to change shoes when they Absolutely go to, go to a track. But, but yeah. I mean, I, I know I definitely feel like a total badass when I am, you know, the three quarters of a mile run home from the track. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did oh. six times 800. Oh, yeah. You know, phenomenal feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, well, so so what's the best way to get started on a track, Carl? I mean, what are some good beginner workouts? If someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, I want to give it a whirl. Like, how? what are some ways to kind of test out the waters? 
Okay. Um, so uh, let's see. I would recommend starting with 400s. Okay. So just one lap around um, because you may find yourself really struggling to lock into um, what your pace should be. Um, and if you're only doing one lap around, <laughs> you know, if you really screw up the pace, if you go out <laughs> way too fast, you know, you're not going to be paying for it for a whole mile. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to finish that one lap and then you'll get a little break and you know, you could try it again. Um, so I like to start off with quarters and I guess we should, you know, mention that quarters are the same thing as 400s, mm-hmm. um, sure, sure. cause it's a, qu- a quarter mile. So one lap, so if you're starting off, you know, let's uh, let's aim for maybe four by 400 for an initial track workout. Um, and, you know, you don't want to go in trying to run those as fast as you possibly can. You know, that's uh, that's a recipe for having bad memories about the track and, <laughs> and a negative feeling towards things. So um, what I would recommend is if you have a recent 5K that you've run um, or you have a rough idea of what uh, what time you may be able to run a 5k in, um, I would do four by 400 at that pace. Um, and I would start off with, uh, probably a 60 second rest, um, and, and do four of those and, you know, see how you feel. The idea is to have some fun with it so that you want to come back the next week and, and do another workout <laughs> rather than, than hating every minute of it. And, um, you know, and, sure. and, sort of viewing it as a punishment for yourself rather than, than a tool. Sure. So what about, and this, is this, this is maybe one step down, but just tell me your thoughts on this. Cause sometimes I see workouts like the curves and straights, like yeah, running yeah. the straights and then, yep. you know, either jogging or walking the curve just to kind of get used to it. Are you, would you suggest a workout like that as well? Or is that? Yeah. Um, I, that's a workout I use all the time. Um, it's, it's interesting. I don't actually ever think of it as, as getting used to the track, but it could probably function really well, um, for people. Uh, that's, that's a workout I use all the time, just as an introduction to speed work in general. Um, you know, whether it's on the track or off the track, um, you know, it's, it's a way to, uh, really get your body used to running at those faster paces without accumulating a ton of fatigue. And, um, you know, it's got, it's great benefits, um, and, and really not something that's going to wear you out too much. Now, in the when you were talking about the four times four hundred, you mentioned yeah. you know, taking sixty seconds in between as recovery. So, sure. so let's talk a little bit about recovery in between intervals. And and I'll admit that yep. some, sometimes my running pal Molly and I um, slow to a walk after our eight hundreds. Is that a total, oh, total no no? No 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 no. Um, you know I no, mean no, no, it, no, no. yeah <laughs> yeah. I uh, w- when I say sixty seconds rest, you know I don't. You know you can jog around slowly if you like. You can just stand still. You know if you want to get really specific about it, there are you know some workouts where it's better to not jog than others. But as a general rule, um, you know whatever you want to do <laughs> during that sixty seconds, that's your time. You know take it, do what you want with it. Really savor. You know really. <laughs> <laughs> Every last uh, second, yeah. Head to the grocery store, then come back and sit on your yeah, next one. Yeah, yeah. Because um, also awesome. because sometimes when you said sixty seconds, I used to always think like, oh well, I only have you know two minutes rest between this after this one thousand mm-hmm. or something, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I sometimes you know if I'm going slowly, I can't make it around the track, and then I'm out of time. It never occurred to me I could just like walk forward half of you know just on oh, the straightaway really? and then turn around and walk back like, oh, absolutely what, absolutely what do you do yeah. during that sarah do you, do you walk around the track each time like you do a full lap in between all the recoveries i would uh jog yeah i mean until molly and i started working out the track i never walked the track 
Um, oh, and so, wow. Jeez. Yeah. No, I would stand. I would stand. I'd drink my yeah. water and stand. change my music. That, that's and... my first instinct as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Know, and, and I. I will distinguish for people, you know, when I'm when I'm writing a workout for them, you know, sometimes I'll say 60 seconds rest and that means do whatever you want, you know, or it'll say, you know, two minute jog or 200 meter jog or, you know, whatever, whatever it is I want him to do. But um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, there's there's no real negative to, to just standing around during that time. Oh, wow. This is just open up new possibilities. Yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go to the track tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just stand around a lot you know right, right. <laughs> drink my water and find the perfect song the one that's going to motivate me to run <laughs> right, yeah right. so now so now the the mythic yasso 800s um yes so so do you think it's true that doing 10 800 meter intervals can help predict a person's marathon finish time and and if you do believe that or not um explain your answer um <laughs> <laughs> show your work yeah uh, you know uh, I guess I believe it because I don't uh, I don't think that I'm qualified to disagree with, you know, the, the thousands of people that have done it. Um, Let's explain what they are first. Right. Can you explain what they are first? Either Sarah or yeah, Carl. So, uh, so my understanding of it and I should say that this is not a workout that I that I have my athletes generally do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, so it's 10 eight hundreds. Um, so two laps around the track. Um, and you take an equal rest. So if you run those two, if you run your 800 in say four minutes, mm-hmm. you take four minute rest. Uh, and it, theoretically, if you run, you know, what you average for the 10 of them. And if you've done all your long runs and you're appropriately trained for the marathon distance, um, that that is a predictor of your, uh, finish time in the marathon. Yeah. So, so that those minutes that you, so, um, let's say take the four minute example, then, then you should be able to finish it in four hours or if it's, if it's taking you four minutes, 15 seconds, you should be able to finish that marathon in, in four hours and 15 minutes. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say, and I'll, I'll let you know why I don't generally have people do it. Um, if, if it is an accurate predictor, in my mind, it's um, completely by accident um, because running, you know, so, you know, running, let's say you're running three minutes. So you're running six minute mile pace. Mm-hmm. Um that's it really has no relation to what your marathon pace is. Um, so, you know, I mean, I guess it can predict it, but it, it doesn't seem like a very specific workout as far as pace and energy systems go. Right. Uh, cause you're, cause you're saying that like that four minute mile then becomes an eight minute mile and a four hour marathon is a nine ten or better pace. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I don't, um, <laughs> I don't more, know. It's more of a, it's more of a coincidence than a relationship. Exactly. You know, to yeah. me, it's it's almost like black magic. You know, it's yeah. like going to the fortune teller and having to read your palm. Uh, but again, I know it works for a lot of people. Um, but since I don't really understand why it works, um, you know, I, I don't like to recommend it to people. Mm-hmm. And it's go. and it's challenging too. I, mean, I know. I was say, I don't. I, I'm gonna say I don't like to recommend it to people because it's too freaking hard. But then I'm like, wait, here's a guy who likes three by five by four hundred. So that's not. That's not the problem. Well, guys, you didn't let me finish. That's a very comfortable workout. If you had heard the specifics of it. But... Okay. Okay. Well, so give us the specifics. <laughs> so you do the first four. Uh, so three by five. So you do the first five um, at essentially you know 45 seconds slower per mile than your 5k pace. And these are okay. 400 meter repeats 
400 meter repeats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that's a pretty relaxed pace for most people. Um, and you're taking a, a relatively short rest on that one. So let's say you're taking 45 seconds on those. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finish the fifth one, take a three minute break at the end of your set. Um, then you go back for five more and you're going to run, um, a little bit faster. So now you're running maybe 15 seconds, uh, slower than 5k pace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you're taking, let's say a minute rest mm-hmm. and then you take another three minute set break. And then on the final set, you're going to run at your 5k pace for five of them. Um, but you're going to take 90 seconds rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the rest increases, uh, as the speed increases as well. Um, but you get those breaks in between the sets of five that, that really make it a pretty manageable workout. Um, much more so than the athlete. Fun. <laughs> yeah, because also because I mean that's less that's less than four miles of hard effort on the track. It's, it's just yeah. barely more than a than a five k, and you're running most of it slower than your five k pace. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. you know, All it's right. it's a it's a good workout. Like I said, Yasuo eight hundred is much more painful. Yeah, so I think we have All to right. apologize to Carl because we, yeah we were a little critical okay. of that. All right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we hear 15 repeats and i'm like whoa whoa that, that's too much, that's right. too much. Uh, hurt, it, it's, it's probably not a great intro to track yeah no no no, no. yeah but particularly because also i think uh, you alluded to it but that with the example of those two women you were coaching but you know yeah. i think it takes some some skill and time to get the pacing down exactly Exactly. Yeah. No. And I I think that probably is the biggest challenge, um, you know, is is knowing how to judge the pace with your body, but also how to how to read the marks on the track, Mm -hmm. you know, to use that information to, to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so I have two more short oh, questions oh. for you. Sarah might have one as well, but mm-hmm. I'm just curious, do you have to deal at all with athletes or not deal with them, but do you have any athletes who have to like, you know, run on a track at their gym where it's like, you know, 17 laps a mile? Like, what do you think of those kind of mini tracks? I just wouldn't do it, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I certainly wouldn't try to run fast. I, I think you're you're going to put so much wear and tear on your body that any benefit you would get from running on the track versus on the roads is going to be offset by by chance of injury. Yeah, but so I, if it's, a we- it's a weather thing. Would you opt for treadmill over a small indoor sure. track? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then my other question is, what if we have a listener or listeners? Um, listening to us, um, who, who don't have a track at their disposal. I mean, can you set up, you know, something where, you know, do you have, do you ever have people make their own tracks like around a park or something like that? I know it's not as even and flat, but yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one of the roads that I run on quite a bit here in Atlanta, somebody's taken the time to measure it's a, the road itself is a five mile loop and somebody has gone through and spray painted quarter mile marks every quarter mile. The five miles. Um, yeah, so you can, you can absolutely do things like that. Um, you know, and, uh, boy, I, I guess most of the time you'd probably be using your gps to do something like that um yeah, yeah we're and, not we're uh, not suggesting people grab a can of spray paint and go out there and deface good point, public property good yeah mm-hmm. yeah but <laughs> um but you know yeah you can absolutely uh do the same type of things with the with the gps um you know you, you don't need to get a contractor wheel out there or anything like that <laughs> sure, um, sure. to uh to get the same kind of benefit yeah nice. okay cool nice well i think i think now we're all ready to go run a track workout I know. I think I'm kind of bummed that I've already done my workout today that I, I have to say that, that, that I'm going to do that, Carl. I'm going to tweet to you after I do that. All right. All right. So that sounds good. 15 and by really, five. 
we're coming up to the time of the year where it's, you know, it's great to get out there on the track in the spring. You know, you, you've been running all winter. You, you know, you've had to wear all these clothes cause it's cold, you know, when it finally turns warm, you know, you're down to just, you know, a, a shirt and shorts and, and you feel faster and, and you get on the track and it's just, um, it's one of the signs of spring for me. It's, it's fantastic. Nice. Cool. Good. Good, good. Well, a good note to end on. Thank you very much, Carl. Thanks, yeah, Carl. no problem at all. And um, yeah, if you have any other questions or I need to clarify anything, just let me know. Okay, great. Come on, Dimity, we're headed to the track. That got me all fired up, you know? I know. I, I have to say, there, there's a track close by that I did some training on, not for Ironman, but it must have been a race before that. And I definitely got on there. I was like, I feel a little badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have some, some, you know, some PTSD from, uh, I know it know. sounds like you do. I could t- tell you were shaking oh, a little almost when, as you were talking about track. Honestly, like I was like, Oh my God, that's exactly it. Like all these little <laughs> gymnasts would just flit by me. Like I was, you know, Oh, I totally, that, that word. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> next very time, Next funny. time I see you in person, I'm going to yell it at you just for <laughs> a kick. <laughs> I got to get you in the airport, like coming around my wheel double track. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Well, why don't you head on over to our Facebook page and yell track at Dimity. So uh, <laughs> our Facebook page is run like a mother, the book. On Twitter we and Instagram, we're at The Mother Runner. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. Our brand new store website is motherrunnerstore.com, where you can find our books Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother for sale. They're also available on amazon.com. And whether you are on a track or on the open road or trail, many happy miles to you. And remember, you do not need to run during your rest segments. <laughs> <laughs>